Welcome to another edition, or another week, of the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Nathan Stacken with you here. Uh, no game last week for the SDSU Jackrabbits. They had their open week, their bye week. Now begins the tough task of the Missouri Valley Conference uh, slate, and it is going to be a difficult road. The Jackrabbits open up conference play in the Missouri Valley Football Conference with... I just, you know, I realize I just repeated that, but that's fine. Uh, Department of Redundancy Department. Anyway, Youngstown State's the team they play this week, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time in Youngstown, Ohio. Of course, we, uh, most of you probably know by now, Bo Pelini is Youngstown State's head coach. Used to be head coach at Nebraska. Uh, They had two defensive ends, or two defensive players get drafted last year. And they are looking strong this year. At least they did through the non-conference. Almost beat Pittsburgh. Lose. Uh, they lost 28 to 21 in Week One there of the college football season. So this is going to be a tough road for SDSU, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, and it's apart from SD or apart from USD and NDSU, you probably couldn't open up with a more difficult opening game uh, for for Missouri Valley Conference play, then Youngstown State, uh, just especially with it being on the road. And that's no offense to the, the Northern Iowa's, the Western Illinois, the Southern Illinois, the Illinois States of the, the conference. But, I mean, Youngstown State is, is rapidly becoming a, a powerhouse, or maybe powerhouse isn't quite the right word, but they are a formidable force in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. They did make it to the FCS Championship game last year, losing to James Madison. But this is going to be a very difficult test for SDSU. We will have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader on here later in the podcast to preview this game more. But honestly... This is going to be a tough one. I thought SDSU would lose one, maybe two games this year. This very well could be the one. Uh, the offense is going to have to play really well. But it's it's really strength versus strength. Jackrabbit offense versus Youngstown State defense. And the Penguins have a pretty good defense once again. The SDSU defense is going to need to play much better. And I think they will. But uh, it... There's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be a, I would say, a fairly low-scoring game by SDSU standards. It's going to be a slugfest, uh, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Again, Youngstown State does present a formidable challenge, but the Jackrabbits, I think, can prevail in this one. But they're going to need a stellar game from Taron Christian. Jake Wynicke is going to get going. He hasn't. He didn't have over 100 yards in a game in any of the three non-conference games. Is that a cause for concern? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't think it totally is. But at the same time, you look at a team like North Dakota State, who despite all the injuries that they've had, they are clearly making a statement. They've only given up 20 points all year uh, thus far in their three non-conference uh, games on defense. Their offense is looking really good. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. And look at the coaches poll: North Dakota State's two, South Dakota State's five, Youngstown or four. Youngstown State is five, uh, Illinois State eight, USD tenth, Western Illinois thirteenth, and UNI twentieth. I mean, that, that's we we always talk about how the Missouri Valley is routinely the most loaded conference in. Uh, 
in all of FCS football. And it, it's showing once again this year. It may even be more difficult. And that's why, you know, you open up conference play against Youngstown State. This is a good opening test for the SDSU to see where they are at and where they can go this year. They had high expectations coming into the year. It's time that we see just how good this team can actually be. If we look back, again, SDSU was off last week, but looking back at last week's Missouri Valley Conference action, Western Illinois thumped Coastal Carolina 52-10. to uh, Memphis beat Southern Illinois 44-31, to but the Salukis certainly hung around in this game and actually had the lead early on. Illinois State beat Missouri State 34-9. to uh, They used a, strong, uh, a good third quarter to uh, pull away in this one, uh, let, let's just get they scored 28 points in the third quarter. It was six to six at the half. And Illinois State just ran away, and then North Dakota State topped Robert Morris 56 to nothing. So, really, no surprise there. But as we get going here now, the only so only one conference game has been played, and that was between Illinois State and Missouri State. We'll see what happens here on Saturday when you have a full slate of games here. Uh, USD, they take on Western Illinois. That's at 3 p.m. in Macomb, Illinois. Battle of Undefeateds right there. So that's going to be an extremely interesting uh, contest to keep an eye on. Northern Illinois, or Northern Iowa, not Northern Illinois. Northern Iowa travels to Carbondale, Illinois to take on Southern Illinois. That's 6 p.m. kickoff there. SDSU and Youngstown State, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central in Youngstown. Indiana in Normal, Illinois. Indiana State looking for their first win. Illinois State looking to remain unbeaten. And then at 1 p.m. in Fargo, Missouri State at North Dakota State. So the homecoming for NDSU have to think that the Bison are going to win this game fairly comfortably. Apart from SDSU and Youngstown State, though, the matchup that... uh, Clearly, I think is the the best one on here is USD and Western Illinois. Uh, USD has been very impressive so far this year. Their offense is looking very good. They have a uh, stellar quarterback in um, Stevler. So that's that's Chris Strevler. Excuse me. Uh, total thirteen touchdowns so far. He's been great. And Western Illinois showed, I think, what they can do against Coastal Carolina. Not the best team at the FBS level. But uh, certainly, it's a, it's a pretty good win for Western Illinois. So, yeah, this is going to be a, an, an incredibly interesting week here. But for SDSU, again, Taron Christian has to just play within himself, see what we uh, see what the Jackrabbits can get from Dallas Goddard, hopefully over 100 yards, and as well as Jake Wenicke, get him over 100 yards, get him in the end zone, and really develop a running game. Haven't seen too much of that in the non-conference play, so this would be a good time to see that happen. Uh, will it happen? We'll have to find out. I, th- I think it certainly is uh, It's going to be difficult, as I mentioned, and if there's one, maybe two games that the Jackrabbits lose... The Youngstown State very well could be that game. But we'll have to wait and see. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff, 6 Central time. We will, though, talk with Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader next. 
What does he think of SDSU thus far, non-conference play? And also dive more into this matchup as well. It's coming up here. And the SDSU Sports Update. Still to come here, Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. All right, continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, SCSU Jackrabbit Edition. Pleased to be joined by Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader to uh, look ahead to the South Dakota State Jackrabbits Missouri Valley Football Conference opener against Youngstown State Saturday at 6 p.m. Matt, how are we doing? Good, Nate. How are you? Good, good. I hope you enjoyed the open week last week. Uh, so, SDSU, 3-0, and uh, went through the non-conference, undefeated. Uh, what's your... any Anything surprise you, or does your perception of the team change at all from anything you saw in the three games? Um, to be honest, I'm kind of... I kind of have learned in the last couple years to try not to read too much into what happens in the non-conference season. Um, because I just think that there's so many variables and so many teams uh, approach their non-conference differently uh, as far as who they schedule or how, uh, I don't want to say serious they approach it because everybody's trying to win, but you know, some teams are willing to sort of show their cards more than others or they play their starters more and you can compare scores till you're blue in the face, you know, I mean, you can mm-hmm. say, well, this team beat this team by this many and yada, 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 and then draw all sorts of conclusions uh, but then once the regular season starts, or I guess the conference season starts, it kind of seems like you end up throwing those things out the window and you look back in November and go, oh, I guess everything we thought we knew in early September, maybe we really didn't. So I think the bottom line is they're 3-0. and uh, The two games that they knew they would win, they won comfortably. Uh, the most challenging game of the three proved to be maybe a little bit more of a challenge than they expected. But again, you know, that, that team, Montana State, uh, looks like they might be pretty good. So I think you just have to focus on the fact that they're 3-0 and and then uh, go into the conference season and say, hey, it's anybody's guess how this is going to play out. Where is this team at mentally and both physically or health-wise, I guess, as they enter the conference season? Uh, as far as I know, they're pretty healthy. I would, I would fully expect Kellen Solick to be back this week. Uh, they had some other nagging injuries. Uh, I don't think they're missing any other starters. Um, mental-wise, you know, uh, obviously this is a year that they – approached with extremely high expectations higher than ever uh i don't think anything that has happened in the first three games has given them any reason to doubt their ability to reach those goals uh but at the same time i don't think they were terribly impressive to where you go oh boy this team's a juggernaut they haven't looked like one Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing you know i mean like i said two of the three games were not particularly challenging opponents and i do get a little bit of a sense even though john stiglmeyer won't admit it um, that they kind of were playing things close to the vest through those three games that they didn't want to necessarily open up the playbook right, or expose show too much. Their, their right they didn't want to show too much or just uh, expose their their playmakers to too much contact or risk of injury. So I'm very intrigued uh, to see how this first game plays out against Youngstown State because, like I said, there you can draw all sorts of conclusions based uh, on both teams based on what they did in the non-conference, but we really won't know how they match up against each other until they do. And Jake Wenicke has not really exploded at all. I mean, he's got, what, the most catches in a game is six, I believe. He hasn't even topped 100 yards yet. Uh, is this more just design, like the game plan, kind of make sure he stays healthy for the the conference run? I mean, it, there's no real cause for concern for that, is there? They aren't. It's. I guess it's a good thing that they aren't necessarily forcing it to him. Yeah, I think uh, in the first game against Duquesne, they tried to take some shots over the top early because mm-hmm. I, th- I think they wanted to, 
to make that statement early in the year, like, hey, look how awesome we are and connect on a bunch of big plays. And it just didn't happen, mostly because Taron Christian just didn't have a great game that day. He was a little bit off target. Uh, and then Montana State did absolutely everything they could uh, to take away the, the deep ball. They were playing basically in a prevent defense the whole game. Um, so, you know, then in the third game against uh, Drake, uh, Jake had a, a 60-yard touchdown in his hands and dropped it, which he doesn't do very often, but the play was there. So, you know, I, I think they've definitely tried to do just enough to kind of keep those guys interested, you know. Uh, same with Dallas Goddard. Uh, I mean, Brady Mangarelli, I think, had two carries in the last game. Mm-hmm. So I think the important thing is that those guys are healthy. Uh, and it's not like Jake Winicky forgot how to make big plays right. because they, did, they didn't, you know, throw him a bunch of deep balls in the first couple games. So I, I don't think it's reason for concern, but it's something that they're going to want to establish sooner than later once the games start meaning a little bit more. And you mentioned Taron Christian not having perhaps the best uh, the game uh, opening the year against Duquesne. Uh you know, maybe even some decisions against Montana State. Where do you think he is at uh, as uh, they open up with Youngstown State on Saturday? Uh, I think he's in, in a real good place. Uh, like I said, the, du- the Duquesne game, he was just off, you know, and it's, I don't know, he, he chalked it up to maybe jitters, which I thought was kind of odd, being that he's in like his sixth year in a row of being a starting quarterback. But, right. Um, but, but, you know, he still had five touchdown passes in that game. Uh, and then in, against Montana State, uh, when things really got hairy, when the defense couldn't get any stops, uh, I thought he was the MVP of that game by far, just in that uh, he kept his cool the whole time, didn't turn the ball over, um, continued to check down and make the right reads when they were intent on taking Jake and Dallas away. Um, you know, just really didn't force it, made a lot of really good decisions. Uh, I don't think they would have won the game without his uh, poise in that one and, and then you know against Drake he barely played so it's right. kind of hard to say <laughs> to draw too many conclusions out of yep. that but I think if you talk to him if you talk to Eric Eidness, uh if you talk to Jake Winicky, Dallas Goddard they'll tell you that he's a, a much much uh, smarter player smarter is probably not the right word but uh, he, he has a much deeper knowledge and understanding of the offense he's got much more of a uh, a bank of information to work from than he did last year just as he's continued to learn more about the offense, uh, learn more about what other teams are trying to do to him. So as long as he can uh, maintain consistency uh, with his actual execution, with the accuracy of his throws, uh, I think he's going to have a really, really big year. Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. As we op- as the Jackrabbits open up with Youngstown State here, Youngstown State is a very, I think, formidable opponent. They they took Pittsburgh to the ropes right away to open up the season here. Uh, the Missouri Valley in general appears to be very deep. Uh, so this is about as tough a task, I think, uh, tough a team that you could open up with outside of, you know, your rivals in USD and North Dakota State to open up the Missouri Valley Conference play. Yeah, it's funny. And, and again, like I, I said a few minutes ago, you don't always know how you can uh, evaluate the non-conference games. But mm-hmm. uh, you went into the season thinking, okay, NDSU and SDSU are maybe a little bit ahead of the pack with everybody else. But geez, now a month into it, USD looks like they're every bit as good. And Youngstown yep. State looks like they're every bit as good. And I, I think when you throw in with Youngstown State, the fact that um, they have you know one of the best coaches in the country in Bo Pelini, say what you want about the guy, he knows how to coach, mm-hmm. got this team to the national championship last year. Uh, a lot of people thought they were going to take a step back just because of uh, how many 
dudes they graduated. You know, they have two defensive ends playing in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was some turnover there, and they, they really haven't haven't missed a beat so far. And uh, like you said, it's definitely a, a big challenge. And you know, they're certainly not easing their way into conference play. Uh, but I think that can be a good thing too, in that this will maybe be the best litmus test they've had so far, as far as how good they are. And, and I'm sure Youngstown State feels the same way. Uh, the, the one thing I do kind of think back to is last year at this time, uh, the Jacks were opening with Western Illinois, who had had a really great uh, non-conference season. They had an FBS win. They were three and zero. I think they were ranked in the top ten. And everyone's like, wow, this is going to be a real tough game to open the league with. And the Jacks smoked them. They beat them, I think, 52-14. to 14. Yep. Um, I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. I don't think either team is 38 points better than the other one. Uh, but I think it just goes to show you that we don't know, again, exactly what these rankings mean or exactly what the scores of these non-conference games mean. Right. Uh, for SDSU to win this game on Saturday, of course, I mean, it's, it's strength versus strength, offense versus defense here. Uh, how... How is SDSU going to come out of Youngstown with a victory? Uh, beside, I mean, who's going to have to step up and make a play maybe outside of uh, Wenneke and Goddard? Well, I guess the easy answer would be Taryn Christian. Uh, but I, I also uh, am curious to see what the running game looks like just because, uh, like I said, they haven't done it very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey Daniel has kind of been uh, the bell cow running back in most of their games, but that's been largely because he's been coming in there getting the carries after they've built a big lead and they're just kind of trying to run out the clock. Uh, he, he's done so well in that role that now I think he's kind of perhaps worked his way into the rotation. Uh, but Isaac Wallace, Brady Mangarelli, we know how talented those guys are, and they really haven't had a chance to do much yet. Um, like I said, I'm sure some of that's by design, but John Stigelmeyer did say this week, hey, we have to do a better job running the football. Um, you know, I certainly don't expect a game at Youngstown State to be a shootout. Uh, you know, they're a very good defense. Uh, SDSU's defense, I would say, is unproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing is, I think, you know, you hate to put too much pressure on SDSU's offense, but they're so talented and so balanced um, that you kind of got to feel like they can score, they should score 30 points every time out. And uh, against Youngstown State, is their offense capable of putting up 30 points? I don't know. So, uh, you know, again, it feels a little bit unfair to ask that offense to do so much every week, but I, I think they, they're at a level where you can go into every game saying, hey, if you have to get into a shootout, um, those guys should be able to pull that out. You mentioned the defense and how they kind of collapsed against Montana State and how they are a bit unproven. Uh, what is uh, what is the coaching staff saying about that? What are what are the players thinking? Like, are have they just not shown their their true or their full capabilities here? What are they saying headed into this game against Youngstown State on what they have to do? Well, you know, for the three years now that I've been covering the Jacks. Whenever you ask about the defense, the first thing they always talk about is the pass rush, uh, which makes sense. I mean, usually a defense's first priority is stopping the run. SDSU has been pretty good at that for a long time. And then the second priority is, you know, creating a pass rush, particularly a four-man pass rush so you're not uh, blitzing because uh, that makes things easier on your linebackers, easier on your secondary. And the Jacks have a good second level. Uh, they, ha- they aren't real happy. I don't think with how the pass rush has done, uh, but it certainly hasn't been poor. They got a lot of sacks last week, granted against a weaker opponent, uh, but that's just going to be a, you know, a work in progress until someone establishes themselves as, you know, a, a guy who can be a threat to get 10 sacks in a season. 
Well, we'll hope that SDSU can come out with a victory here to open up Missouri Valley Conference play. Then they have Southern Illinois next week. Uh, quickly before we let you go, I did see that NBC Sports released their preseason uh, you know, all teams in college basketball, and Mike Dom was an honorable mention, I think. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to be on the list of quite a few other uh, media's uh all honorable mentions or even fourth or third teams don't you think yeah i think that i saw one that came out like in june or july that had him in the top 25 players of, in all of college basketball i mean that's potentially second team all-american type stuff and i don't know if he's that good if he's one of the top 20 players in the whole nation but i guess i wouldn't be shocked if he is you know he averaged 25 points a game last year and was damn near a 50 40 90 guy so um obviously the expectations for him are going to be tremendous this year, but I think he's used to that because that's that was the case last year. Coming off his big freshman year, everyone said, oh, how can he possibly follow that up? And he did. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably still exceeded everyone's expectations. So uh, it's certainly a lot of intrigue this year just with, you know, will this be his last year with the Jacks? Won't it? Can they get back to the tournament? All those sorts of things. Uh, but again, Mike is a, a kid who I have to give him credit. He's There aren't too many kids I've seen who have had as much attention come their way at such a young age, who handles it as well as he does. So I think he's fully prepared uh, for a season where his team is asking a lot of him, and there's going to be a lot of attention on him too. Yep. Uh, yeah, well said. And, yeah, you have three stars in the making there with uh, Wenneke Goddard and, of course, Mike Dom. Uh, Matt, appreciate the time as always. Uh, hopefully maybe we'll chat next week or otherwise in a couple weeks. But appreciate the time as always. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks, Nate. See you. Matt Zimmer, Argus leader, kind enough to join us for a few minutes here on the Sports Block podcast, uh, SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. Of course, appreciate his time and efforts. There's always big game opener against Youngstown State. Like I said, I think apart from USD and NDSU, this is about as difficult of a of an opening game, especially playing Youngstown State on the road as you possibly can get. And of course, uh, USD showing that they're going to be really good. You have. Uh, NDSU, Southern Illinois maybe can make some noise. Illinois State, Western Illinois, they had an impressive win uh, over over Coastal Carolina, as mentioned earlier. So, uh, yeah, there's a, just a lot going on here in the Missouri Valley. So it's going to be an excellent season. Again, SDSU kicks off with Youngstown State this Saturday, 6 p.m. It's there in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, good luck to the team. Hopefully they can get a win to open up Missouri Valley Football Conference play. Well, we'll... Uh, wrap it up as we always do uh, coming up next here with a look around what's going on in the world of SDSU sports SDSU sports update straight ahead here and uh, maybe a couple other final thoughts here on the sports block podcast SDSU Jackrabbit edition all right let's wrap up the sports block podcast SDSU Jackrabbit edition with a look at what's going on the world earth campus SDSU Sports. It is the SDSU Sports Update for this week of September 25th through October 1st. Let's start with cross country as we always do. Roy Griok Invitational in Falcon Heights, Minnesota. It's big, uh, it's deep field. A lot of good uh, teams in there. Ranked competition. It was a hot and steamy day. SDSU's uh, men's team finished 12th or excuse me, finished eighth in the event. Uh, Chase Kyle was uh, sophomore, was the leading runner for the Jackrabbits, finishing twelfth in the uh, one hundred and fifty-six runners in there. New personal best set for him: uh, twenty-six minutes forty-four point four seconds. 
or excuse me, 25 minutes and 32 seconds last year at a 26 minute 44.4 seconds. So that was very good. Uh, Kyle Burdick finished 22nd. So very good job from the men. Again, stiff. Com- uh, the, the, it was a stiff competition, large field, uh, full of good teams. So it was nice to see there. The women finished 14th. So that was uh, certainly good as well. Uh, they had to take on teams like uh, San Francisco, Iowa State, Minnesota, Michigan State were all ranked. Junior Rachel King appeared in her first meet of the season, uh, 81st overall uh, individually, 23.30, 23 minutes, 30.9 seconds. So very good for her. Emily Berzanowski finished in 83rd place. So, good job overall for the women. Uh, we'll certainly see what uh, what happens this week when they host the, I believe it's the Jackrabbit. Well, now the, now the page is gone awry. Let's, let's see what we can find here. SDSU Classic, September 29th in Brookings, South Dakota. I believe that is at Edgebrook Golf Course. Uh, we'll get that here, but SDSU is home this week, so that's good. Again, Friday, 5.30 p.m., SDSU Classic, Brookings, South Dakota. So go cheer on the go cheer on the team there. It is at Edgebrook Golf Course, so hopefully SDSU can win this event. Men's and women's tennis. Uh, the men will be at the Blue Jay Invitational in Omaha, Nebraska, Friday through Sunday, so the 29th through October 1st. So good luck to the team there. The women, get them up here. They were at the Gopher Invitational in Minneapolis uh, Thursday through Sunday. And they are off now until October 19th when they go to uh, Lawrence, Kansas for some regionals there. Full results of the... the weekend in Minnesota can be found on gojacks.com. To golf we go, and uh, SDSU mentioned last week they competed at the Ram Masters Invitational in Fort Collins, Colorado. They will host the Jackrabbit it's in Valentine, Nebraska, Monday through Wednesday, October 1st through the 3rd. So uh, good luck to the team there, and then they'll have two more meets after that. Uh, to close out the fall season. The women, meanwhile, are in Coeur d'Alene for the, uh, Idaho for the Coeur d'Alene uh, Collegiate, hosted by Gonzaga. The women finished 13th, shooting a season low, 887. Uh, Colorado won the event, shooting 834. So 43 strokes behind there. Uh, Teresa Toscano tied the school record for 18 holes uh, on Wednesday. So congratulations to her. She had the second lowest round of the day. Uh, jumped up 35. So she's a three under par 68. She finished overall to 216. 74, 74, 68. And had 11 birdies. And she tied her own school record originally set in the Jackrabbit Invitational last March. So congratulations to her on a 
stellar job. They will be at the Ron Moore Women's Intercollegiate in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, October 6th through the 8th. That will be hosted by the University of Denver. And then we'll have one more remaining that will be in the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Collegiate Showdown later in October. Equestrian we go last week in Fresno, California. The equestrian team took on Texas A&M and Fresno State. SDSU lost to Texas A&M 12-4 in their season opener. Uh, four Jackrabbits, though, captured career-high scores to highlight the meet. Madeline Skinner scored a career-high 86 in on the flat. Rachel, um, she did fall to Rachel Hakes, 92. Uh, she's with Texas A&M, of course. In horsemanship, senior Maria Wright um, had a career-high 73 and a half. Uh, so that was very good. Uh, but she lost to Texas A&M's Ashley Davidson, who scored a 77. Whitney Vesey scored a career-high um, in that same field. She won hers, uh, so the Jacks and the and A and M split that uh, two two to two. So overall, SDSU though does lose that one, and then they lost seventeen to two to Fresno State. Uh, difficult time there. Uh, J C Chorlton captured the lone point for the Jacks in the hunt seat. Um, Fresno State swept the in on the flat, so. Th- Tough, tough go there for the equestrian team. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, though. Next, they take on South Carolina in Brookings at the DeHaan Equestrian Center Friday, October 13th at 9 a.m. And then Fresno State will actually come to, uh, to Brookings later in October. So curious to see what ha- all happens there. And they got a pretty uh, interesting schedule here coming up, so we'll, we'll definitely dive more into that soccer go the team did have a break last week so nice get a little rested up they're three four and three on the year they will take on denver in denver at 7 p.m on friday and then host bellevue at the fishback soccer park sunday at 1 p.m in brookings so go on go and cheer the jackrabbits on in that one so hopefully they'll win that and then uh only one match next week against Omaha, so that'll be interesting to see there as Summit League play definitely starting to happen, but it's going to be a tough match, I would think, against Denver, but uh, again, best of luck to the team there. And then finally, to volleyball, we go a bit of a tough go for SDSU last week, getting swept by Omaha 3-0 in Omaha on Friday, and then getting swept by North Dakota State 3-0 in Brookings on Sunday. They host Oral Roberts at 7 p.m. Frost Arena this Friday, September 29th, and then host Denver Sunday, October 1st at 2 p.m. So between volleyball and soccer on Sunday, busy day there. Uh, So go on, go to Frost Arena and cheer on the Jackrabbits, and hopefully they can get a win. And that's your SDSU Sports Update. For this week of September 25th through October 1st, for more on these stories, schedules, statistics, so much more, go to GoJacks.com. A lot of good, hardworking people keeping you up to date on the latest regarding Jackrabbit Athletics. Uh, A couple of things to note with before we close it down. Uh, uh, Wednesday, Jake Wenicke 
up for a number of awards. He was honored as the member of the All-State AFCA Good Works team. Uh, he's the only FCS player to get on there. Um, voting for the entire team goes through November 23rd. So uh, get your votes in for Jake Wenicky. And if he does make it there, he will be honored at the 2018 All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. So definitely well-deserved. He was also not uh, named as a semifinalist to the 2017 William V. Campbell Trophy, which was awarded to the top football scholar athlete in the nation. So unbelievable unbelievable job. Uh, SDSU is very lucky to have landed someone as good on the field and off as Jake Winicky. So we certainly wish him well uh, and hopefully get these awards and then, Mike Dom, SDSU basketball, named an honorable mention on the NBC Sports uh, college basketball uh, team. I mean, just a pre preseason awards and uh, or you know naming the first team, second team, whatnot. Hey, an honorable mention is not bad. You know, they do top four teams, and he's right, right there. So good. Good job by Dom, and hopefully he can help lead the Jackrabbits to some big, uh, bigger things this year, like maybe taking down USD in the championship game. I, I think they're going to make it back to the NCAA tournament regardless in the next two years. Hopefully can win a game, but yeah. That's all I got. That's the uh, like I said. That's the SEC sports update. Uh, Youngstown State. And SDSU, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time uh, in Youngstown, Ohio. Going to be a very difficult test for SDSU. But we'll hopefully they can get a win. We'll be talking about it all next week. Hopefully we'll get Matt Zimmer on from the Argus Leader again next week to recap the, uh, to recap the game and look ahead to the uh, Hall of Fame game against Southern Illinois next week at the Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium. So should be a good week. Cheer on the Jacks. In everything they do, we're especially focused on football here. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Just search the sports block. We have a special designation for the SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. It'll be right up there along with the normal SDSU Sports Block podcast. Though, again, potential audio difficulties, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but hopefully we get can get everything resolved there. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at NDStacken. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. We'll have a link posted or a link posted with this uh, to get you to this podcast so you can listen to it later part of the week. Thank you to Matt Zimmer for his time today. Thank you for listening and we hope you tune in again next week. Download us and appreciate you listening here. Nathan Stacken for the Sports Block Podcast SDSU Jackrabbit Edition. And as always, we close with Go Big, Go Blue, Go Jacks. Talk to you next week. Sports Block Podcast SDSU Jackrabbit Edition.